And so if you've had this dabbling in some of these things I've listed out, you know that you mess in areas that you shouldn't be messing with, especially in these areas of the occult that we should just stay away. The scripture is telling us to cast them out, the works of the darkness, and, and that we are to be putting on the armor of light. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Before we get into the epistle of Philippians, I just, as an overview, wanted to go to Acts chapter 16, and we last week also looked a bit at Acts chapter 20 where Paul and Silas had visited the city of Philippi on his second and third missionary journey. And so I thought it'd be good to get for the introduction of the epistle to the church in Philippi that we would see how their church began, how it all got started. And last week, primarily, we learned a little bit about the history of the area itself and how this area was conquered by Philip of Macedonia in 356 BC. He took this city that became known as Philippi, named after Philip of Macedonia, but he changed the name to honor himself. He also had a garrison of soldiers there. They discovered some gold, and he would use a lot of this gold to fund his military campaigns. That He ruled in this area until his death, but it remained in the control of Macedonia until the Romans came through. Caesar Augustus and his men, not Caesar, that necessarily had to be there, but the area was conquered again in 167 B.C. And, and because this area, it's, it was a trade road, the Romans built a highway that stretched from the Adriatic to the Aegean Sea, a 696-mile highway that stretched across and went there by Philippi. And so it became a very important city. Luke described it as the foremost city in verse 12 of chapter 16 of that part of the region of Macedonia, and also that there was a colony. It was a Roman colony, and so it was a very Romanized place. And we learned about Paul and Silas not only being in that city, called into the area of Macedonia after they had first attempted to go to Asia and then to Bethania, but the Spirit kept them from going there. And it was through a dream that called Paul there saying, as he saw a man in the vision, back in verse 9, come over to Macedonia and help us. And immediately they, they went after that, the vision that God had given Paul. 
And they made it eventually to Philippi, this leading city of that region. And they'd stay there for some days. And on the Sabbath, they went and worshipped by the riverside. And we know that because there was no synagogue for them to go to, that there was no synagogue in the town. Otherwise, Paul would have, it was his custom to go to the Jews first. If there wasn't a synagogue, the faithful of God would worship by the river. And so as a custom, they went to that location to worship. It also tells us that they spoke to the women that was there. No man mentioned at this point. And so here we have a city, the faithful in that city only being women. They're there worshiping by the river. And Paul and Silas came and uh, preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. God opened the heart of Lydia to receive that message. And she and her household was then baptized and she constrained them and, and just persuaded them as a believer. She said, if you've found me faithful to the Lord... Come and let me stay in our home and we'll provide for you while you're here in our city and proclaiming the gospel. And that's where we left this story last week. And we pick it up in verse 16 where Paul and Silas are still there in the city. And, and we don't know how many days or weeks have taken place at this point. But it tells us that in verse 16, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed by a spirit of divination met us and who brought her master much profit by fortune telling. And the girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, first of all, the Bible speaks much about demon possession. And here we have a story of a young slave girl that is going to be exercised. She's going to be cleansed by the power of God of this demon in her. But we notice that it happened once again. As with Lydia, Paul and his team were going to prayer. On the Sabbath day, they went to the river, and prayer was involved with the work that God was going to do. Here it is again, that as they were going to prayer again, we don't know if this was a Sabbath day or just a day other than the Sabbath, because the Jews had the custom of praying morning, noon, and night. And so there were customary hours or times of prayer. But they were making their way to prayer once again when this slave girl who had this demon possessing her body began to follow them and began to cry out, saying what really was a truthful message. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. I think it's important first that we note that things happen when the church prays. And we looked at that last week, and I just want to repeat it again, because we find in the story that Paul and his team are going to prayer. They're going about the Lord's business. Remember Peter and John, that they were going to the temple on the day of prayer at the customary time of prayer when God used them with a lame man who had been lame since his mother's womb to bring healing to this man, and God worked uh, gloriously in that event, another 2,000 men added to the church on that day because the church and those in the church were praying. And I think we know that God works through prayer. It's amazing to me how often we neglect prayer in our lives. Scripture tells us in Philippians 4, 6, and, and so as we'll be getting to this eventually as we go through the study of Philippians, but Paul says that we are to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that we are to let our 
requests be known to God. And this is going to be, this is how the church is to be. We are to be a church that prays, that lifts up requests, and, and we have opportunities in your bulletin that you can fill out prayer requests there that the church can pray for these things. We have prayer cards on the lobby table that we uh, add to, take off, and add new things to. But every week we're recreating these prayer cards to give us the ability for prayer, to help enable us to pray for one another. It's so important, but also that I believe God moves when the church prays. And they were going to prayer, and God interrupted their prayer meeting at this time it was by this demonic-possessed girl. I find it interesting that Paul didn't immediately deal with her, but he let it go for a while. Scripture tells us that she did this for many days, and it doesn't tell us the reason why he allowed this to happen. You almost get this daily event happening as Paul and his team would walk through the marketplace that this demonic-possessed slave girl would be crying out after them, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. The Bible speaks much about demonic possession. We find in the Gospels Jesus casting out demons. We find he gave the power to his disciples, uh, the 12 that was with him while he was on this earthly ministry to cast out demons. They weren't always successful in this, but he gave them the power, the ability to do this. And Scripture teaches us that when Satan fell from heaven in Revelation 12.3, that his tail drew, or verse 4, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven with him. And that this third of the stars of heaven, referring to the angels, that when Satan was cast out of heaven, his tail drew down these other fallen angels with him. And these, I believe, have become the demons that we see in the world today. Some, and it is amazing to me, in the sense of just wondering how God does things, and although he's God and I can't figure all these things out, but for some, Scripture tells us in Second Peter 2, 4 and Jude 6 that God has preserved some of these angels who have sinned and cast them immediately down to hell, reserved them, in chains until the day of judgment. Others, we know in the story when Jesus cast out the man who was demon-possessed and the demon's name was Legion, that the demons begged Jesus not to send them or command them to go out to the abyss. And he allowed them to go into a herd of pigs. And I believe after the pigs ran down and drowned in the Sea of Galilee that they were released again to Rome and to go about this earth. And so some demons, demonic fallen angels are so bad that he's locked them away in hell, reserving them for the day of judgment. Others he's allowed to be on this earth. I don't understand, totally understand the reasons behind this, other than I know that this is what Scripture teaches. And so we should be aware of these things. The one thing that I've always tried to practice and is to not seek after the things of the occult. God spoke through Moses in Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 3, saying, If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you, saying, Let's go after other gods, 
which you have not known, and let's serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul. And I wonder sometimes if we've passed the test that the Lord gives us. And there are those in our culture today and the churches sometimes, there appeared those who noticed that in Deuteronomy they had signs and wonders and the signs and wonders came to pass but they drew the people away from God they said come and worship a God that you do not know and and even if the signs and wonders come to pass we are to stand upon the word of God and to say that this can't be of God because it goes against the word of God so we're to rather stand upon the word of God the Lord tests us to see if we love him with all of our heart and with all of our soul. So the demons are, are there. They're fallen angels. They Some reserved in judgment until the day of judgment. They're reserved in chains. Others are still out and about on this earth capable of possessing people. I do not believe that demons can possess believers. I do believe that they can oppress us. They can bug us. They can push us, but they cannot possess us because once Jesus is in, once the light of Jesus Christ is in our hearts, then the darkness has to be expelled from our lives. But also we have this challenge to not seek after the things of the occult. I'm going to list this out a little bit more in a moment, so I'm just going to kind of hold us there with that thought. And so her message again was true. These men are are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. But this demonic-fueled message, although true, we should never trust when Satan freely promotes the gospel of Jesus Christ that he doesn't have some other motive in his mind with it. And Jesus, speaking of Satan himself in John 8, 44, talking to the Jews, he said, you are the father of the devil and the desire of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Remember when Jesus was challenged by Satan and after the 40 days and 40 nights of his fasting and, and three challenges came from Satan to Jesus and uh, initially turning the, the stones into bread and, and Jesus responding, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from my father's mouth. But then Satan began to quote scripture to Jesus. And although what he was quoting was true, If Jesus would have fell into the temptation of Satan, he'd been misusing the word of God, not using the word of God with the intent that God had given it. And then he would have been falling to Satan's lies. And so Satan, a a murderer and a liar from the beginning, when he speaks forth, even if he's speaking forth truth, like this slave girl was proclaiming the truth, there had to be some other motive behind her. And then coming back to this occult stuff, you know, I I try to stay away from the things of the occult. You won't find any uh, tarot cards in our house. Uh, We don't go to the fortune teller, although I know where some of the houses are. When we drive by them and we see them, and I always wonder why people would even bother. I don't look to the horoscopes when I look into a newspaper. I, I don't deal with ESP or... Uh, clairvoyance or Ouija boards, that's going to be, you know, it's Halloween coming up next month and they're probably going to be, Mattel will be selling quite a few of those. 
I love to look at the stars, but I don't look at the stars in the sense of trying to figure out a plan for my life God has set. And that's the interesting thing about the stars in Genesis. He tells us at the creation that he set the stars there for signs and seasons. And I believe that, especially in the Old Testament, that the believers there would be able to look at the stars and determine God's will at that time. But it has been twisted. I drink tea often, but I never look at the leaves to see if they're trying to tell me anything. Yoga, very popular, even churches. But this has Eastern occultic things attached to it, so I stay away from that. Witchcraft, spiritualism, seances. I Also, I've, I've never read or seen any Harry Potter movie, nor the Twilight books that are very big. And, and then with Harry Potter, it was the children, Twilight, moving to the teens, uh, TV shows like Charm. I'm not perfect in this area. I, I admit to you, when I was in my teens and in my 20s, man, I was attracted to scary movies and stuff. And, and a lot of times, the more I, I watched, the more I got into the Word, there was this understanding that there's so much occultic stuff in those movies that it's better for me to, personally, and I think for you too as a believer in Jesus Christ, to feed upon the Word of God and not to feed upon what the world is offering us in these many different twisted ways. Because notice even the movies and of some of these cultic films that have come out. I think one was called Hellboy. And really you have, it's no longer, and I, and I was thinking about this because I was thinking about writers like C.S. Lewis and uh, Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings and C.S. Lewis and The Lion, the Witch, and The Wardrobe. And they had this battle and they had witches and they had these occult things, but there was always this good versus evil and the good representing uh, God in the writer of these Christian authors. But today we have basically not so bad evil versus bad evil. They're not even going for the good. It's that you can have demons that perhaps aren't so bad that could fight demons that are worse, and that's good enough. And there needs to be a, a fine line, a distinction in the world that we live in. And I think that distinction has been great so much in our world today. In Romans 13, 11, and 12, Paul tells us, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now the day of our salvation is nearer than when we first believed, and the night is far spent, and the day is at hand. Therefore, let's cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light." And so if you've had this dabbling in some of these things I've listed out, you know that you mess in areas that you shouldn't be messing with, especially in these areas of the occult, that we should just stay away. The Scripture is telling us to cast them out, the works of the darkness, and, and that we are to be putting on the armor of light. Now I was thinking about it in verse 18 where it says that she did this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. I was thinking about wondering why he waited so long. And as I was thinking about this, I was wondering if I was in the same situation. I've never cast a demon out. So for me, I would be in prayer prior to trying to confront a demon. I could just get the image of the disciples attempting to cast out the demonic-possessed boy when Jesus was up on the mountain of transfiguration. 
and they failed to do so. And the dad coming to Jesus when he came down off the mount saying, I came to your disciples and they were not able to do so. And Jesus cast out the demon. And later the disciples came to him and asked why. And he responded saying to them, this kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. That's found in Mark 9, 29. I also believe perhaps Paul was praying for the right timing. It was the right thing to do to cast this demon out, but also to have it in the right timing, that they would do it at the right time, at the time of the hour that God had appointed for them. So we don't know for sure why Paul waited, but we do know that the woman was freed from this bondage of Satan, this demon that possessed her. Scripture is silent from that point forward about the girl herself. We can assume that she joined the church there in Philippi, but we have no other knowledge of her at this point because the story changes quickly at that point because once he cast out the demon out of her, verse 19, when her masters saw that the hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs that are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. And so they condemned them basically on three things. One, that they're Jewish. Number two, that they are troubling our city. And number three, they're teaching customs that are not lawful for us being Romans. And so we have this anti-Semitic cause being played out. And to this day, we see anti-Semitism. It is the hatred of Jews because of their nationality that is still played out in similar ways today. They were displayed as dangerous men who were upsetting the ways of the providence. Now, I was thinking about our culture today, and it seems like a culture here in the United States that has so much of Christ in its history, but it seems today that the church is being condemned and set up as if they are also seeing us as dangerous people who are upsetting the ways of our life here in the United States. And we have seen uh, churches and pastors and Christian-owned businesses be brought to court today. And if it's not an actual judicial court, it's the court of public opinion that we see through our news media You know, there's a lot of businesses out there that think that you can't be a believer and function in this world, and yet you have businesses that just go against what the world is teaching, and they're very successful, that God is blessing these men and the women who are part of these companies, blessing them for their position, their stance. Sadly, we have such a twisted world that we live in. And we have believers fighting against believers, and it's indeed a sad time that we live in, but we should be taking stands against such things and standing for those who support the truth of the gospel. And so we have in a a world that, you know, if it's not in court, like they're brought before the magistrates here, it's in the court of public opinion, and we have the media twisting things, saying that, you know, Chick-fil-A has caved, and we've seen reports of pastors being sued, churches going to court, And sometimes churches going to court over churches. And it it just goes against what the Word has taught us as believers. It is really a sad condition of the world that we live in today. You know, today we, we have seen that in verse 16, that prayer once again was the catalyst to all these events taking place. 
that God was going to do a work in someone's life because the church was going to pray. And I think today that's so important for us to realize that God works when his church prays. God can work apart from the church praying. God chooses to use us. He desires for us to cry out to him. And it is such an exciting thing to see God answering prayers in our lives, things that we've been praying for, and to see God fulfilling those requests. And so the catalyst that God often uses in our lives is that of prayer. And Father, we thank you so much for this day you've given us. We thank you for your word and just what we learn in these stories from the book of Acts. And then as we get into the epistle of Philippians, Lord, I pray that you would continue to teach us how we should live as believers in the world and the culture that we live in. Today we saw that Paul and Silas did some very great things. A, a girl was freed from demonic possession. A, a man and his household were saved, but they also suffered as a result of it. And Lord, I pray that you would be with us in the day we live in, that we would do the right thing even though suffering could come. May we also sing praises if it does come, that we have been found worthy to suffer for your namesake. Bless us, Lord, as we close out in this song. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Let